Welcome to A Voice of Reason with your host, Kathy Horton and Sherry Petro-Surdell. We are offered new opportunities for growth daily. And with new opportunities, challenges are presented. Together, we can address the challenges and explore these opportunities. Now, here's Kathy Horton with Sherry Petro-Surdell. Welcome to A Voice of Reason. This is Sherry Petros-Surdell, and I am here with Kathy Horton. Now, for those of you that have listened to our show, you know that usually the first voice you're going to hear is that of Kathy Horton. Well, today is Role Reversal Day at A Voice of Reason. I am interviewing one of my sheroes. I call her the Determinator. I want to introduce you to the Determinator, Kathy Horton. You know, for 12 weeks now, Kathy has interviewed me and guests. She has represented you, the listeners, by asking questions that she thought not only would be informative and interesting, but quite possibly things you might even want to ask. Now it's my turn to ask her questions. Hmm. Hmm. In our book, A Voice of Reason, I mentioned that everyone needs a Kathy in their life. Now, let's find out what is behind this warm smile and this generous nature, this very determined woman. So, Kathy, let's begin by you giving us a little family background. I know that you were the only girl out of five children. What was that like? Well, not only was I the only girl, but I was the youngest, and I was born four years after the youngest boy. Most people would assume that I was the princess of the family, (laughs) but that's not how I was raised. It was a very disciplined, competitive environment. Being a girl and being that much younger, I worked very hard to try to keep up with my brothers. One example I'll share with you is that I remember going to, um, with my brothers to the tennis courts. They would make me wait and wait or retrieve balls for them. At the very end, they would hit a few balls with me before, they, before we all went back home. I believe this approach helped me to improve my game quickly, and that helped me to excel in tennis as I had to learn quickly. <laughs> Now, an interesting part of my story is that my dad actually had two vasectomies prior to my birth. (laughs) The second boy was born 18 months after the first, and the third was born 13 months after the second. The first vasectomy slowed things down a bit for the next boy, and then four years after the fourth boy, I was born after another failed vasectomy. (laughs) You know, I don't recall exactly how old I was when I discovered this information, but I very quickly created a story that I was very much wanted. Now, I'm just grateful that the doctor was not very efficient at this procedure, and I believe I'm meant to be on this planet and that I have a meaningful purpose. I am truly grateful to be here. I guess this was all the start of my determined attitude. I think so. That's pretty strong determination. I will be (laughs) here no matter what. (laughs) So now tell me, how has that dynamic influenced your life? Well, 
three out of the four boys were very active with athletics. My youth was spent just trying to keep up with them. Whether it was tennis, basketball, football, skiing, or whatever, I was just trying very hard to do my best so I can join in the activities. My brothers were very hard on me. They would tease me terribly, and as I remember it, I cried a lot. I truly think I cried just about every day until I was 12. Now, often at the dinner table, one of my brothers would tease me, and pretty much until I reacted. I would run from the table telling him I hated him. (laughs) My mom would chime in and she'd say, you do not hate your brother. And I'd respond by saying, I do hate him. (laughs) You know, the only one that seemed to offer protection was my oldest brother, Michael. But he was nine years older than me, so he went off to to college when I was still in elementary school. The funny thing is that often people comment on my smile. I truly think that after 12 years of crying, I just needed a new approach, and my smile has lasted throughout the years, and it's served me well. It has served you well, and it has served us well. Well, you know, as a psychologist, I I follow the birth order theory pretty closely, and your experience doesn't quite fit that theory. Of course, I know there's always exceptions, and you certainly are an exception in so many ways. Most often, being the only child of the gender, either male or female, does land you a rather privileged spot in the family. As you mentioned, often you get to be a princess or a prince. This was not your destiny, it seems. Nope. (laughs) So now, share with us some background regarding how this may even relate to your chosen career. For the most part, you entered a a male-dominated profession. Hmm. Yeah, I think there are a couple of things to share here. One is that I was recruited by a few people to apply at Ford Motor Company when I was finishing up my college education. I was teaching tennis at a club in Ann Arbor, Michigan, and I had very good exposure to some higher-level folks at Ford. I absolutely refused to apply because my father worked for the company. I was sure that people would think that my father got me the job, and that was just not okay with me. I would call it a bit bullheaded today, but it was important for me to create my own path. Through high school and college, I liked math and science, and I had an engineering bend. In college, I was often the only female or one of very few females in my classes. Now, the funny thing that I did not even notice this after being raised with all brothers. It just seemed natural. The same thing happened frequently in my early business meetings. Someone else would ask me about being the only female before I'd even see it. You know, I believe my upbringing was a very significant component of the success and comfort I found competing in the business world in male-dominated areas. Mm -hmm. Now, as I was finishing up my college education, I had a work-related requirement as part of my curriculum. I was unable to work co-op job due to the fact that I played varsity tennis. 
And we competed both in the fall and the spring. So pretty much I was competing all year. So instead of co-op, I was able to take a class that met once a week and each student was given an assignment from a local business. I was assigned at a GM assembly plant and was to do some research and reporting on the consistency of the assembled autos. I was able to get some good support on the requirements for the reporting and analytics that GM desired. I then created a schedule to collect all the data I needed. I wrote a program to easily display the data and some key statistics. And again, I received good feedback along the way to make the necessary adjustments and improvements. At the end of the semester, I gave a presentation to the plan executives and the school administrators regarding my work throughout the semester. At that time, GM had made a deal with Ross Perot of Electronic Data Systems, or EDS, to take over their data systems. I was recruited as a systems engineer by EDS after the presentation. That position required one year of work and then attendance in a very intensive three-month training program that had a pretty significant dropout rate. Mm. With my competitive upbringing, this sounded like a great challenge. I took the job without sending out any other resumes, I survived the Dallas training, and I have some fond memories of the time spent there. Mm. Well, I think we can see how coming from a very competitive, disciplined family, how you made it work for you. That's the determinator in you. Hmm. Well, you have mentioned a few times on our show that your job allowed you to have opportunities to travel all over the world to those wonderful exotic places that most of us just dream about. How did leading um, that somewhat, we think, glamorous life of travel impact your life? All right. Well... After working for EDS for five years, I was looking for a new challenge. I enjoyed much of my work in the automotive field, but the working relationship with GM was deteriorating. I joined a small software firm out of Ann Arbor, Michigan. I was in a consulting role where I would travel within Michigan and through the Midwest implementing decision-based or analytical software systems for ComShare. Essentially, we created nice dashboards that allowed the executives to get to their key data and reports easily. Now, in this role, I typically spent, say, three to 12 months at a given company to get everything up and running, and then getting the company adequately trained on the software. This was the launch of my traveling career. Mm. Now, I really enjoyed teaching about the software and presenting content. That skill opened me up for a position on the sales side of the business of being the technical support for the sales team. In this capacity, I would often be in multiple cities in a week, and I was traveling pretty extensively. After ComShare, I moved to a startup software company, Arbor Software, continuing my role as a technical salesperson. I was the first employee in Michigan. 
I became traveling in the Midwest with Arbor Software, but I also made regular trips to California where we were headquartered. We had a very successful initial public offering, so this was quite a fun experience. We went through a couple of acquisitions. I had moved into a management position and started traveling across the U.S., I later moved into a position with global responsibility, and I traveled the world. The job I had was great, and I enjoyed the work, but I was essentially living out of hotels, and with this level of travel, I found myself not wanting to travel for vacation. I just wanted to sleep in my own bed. You know, when you travel this much, you receive a lot of free extras like hotel upgrades and occasionally first class upgrades. I'm so very grateful for all that I received, but I did not find traveling the world alone very glamorous. I love seeing the world and I really enjoyed exploring so many amazing cities but I, for, I actually prefer traveling and exploring with a friend. Hmm. Well, you know, when we first met, you were on a grueling schedule of flying across the country every week. You left Michigan, oftentimes on the red eye, on Sunday night, Sunday or Monday morning, and headed to California, and then you would come back on the red eye on Friday morning, and out you were again. <laughs> On Sunday night or Monday. Actually, while you were doing that, you on the plane compiled much of our book, A Voice of Reason. So you made good use of your time all the time. Wow, that's a great memory. Thanks Mm -hmm. for that. So now, how did you come to make such a career choice as the one that you chose? You know, I think the career really chose me. After graduating from college, I kept teaching tennis for six months, and I helped out the local college women's tennis team. As I put it, I finally gave up my tennis sweatsuits for business suits and took on the technical challenge that EDS offered me. Hmm. I'm going to mention right here that um, Kathy's talking about her tennis. She might talk about it a little bit later, but Kathy was... um, on a tennis scholarship for college, and she actually played with Billie Jean King. Ah, thanks for that fun memory. That's a good memory, isn't it? What a, and what a great opportunity I, I, I experienced and was offered. Yeah. So when you said that you think maybe your career chose you, I'm just wondering how many of our listening audience maybe feels the same way that their career chose them. I also wonder how many would like to make a different choice and change it. So after a short break, we're going to hear of such a story. Now this is where I want to put a plug in as a life coach. If you are in that spot that I was just talking about, considering that you want to make some choices, not have choices made for you, considering emailing me to set up a free 15-minute consult. The email address is info at a voice of reason And then now stay with us to hear more about the determination of the determinator. <laughs> you are listening to a voice of reason on the Voice America Empowerment Channel.
Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Life Radio with Victoriously Speaking helps you to see life's issues in a new light, offering insight, solutions, and resources in order to gain knowledge about a variety of life's issues. The stories will stir up some questions, tears, and or laughter, but hopefully it will change the way you look at your own life, situations, and the lives of others. Tune in to Life Radio in order to live independently for excellence on Mondays at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Empowerment. The White House doctor makes house calls. Listen every week for House Calls with Dr. Connie Mariano. Dr. Connie has served as the White House physician under three U.S. presidents. Now she joins the Voice America Empowerment Channel to help you enrich yourself physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Our guests will include professionals from a variety of fields who will bring you tips that you can apply to your own life. Listen for House Calls with Dr. Connie every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Life can be confusing at times. There can be uncertainty, disappointment, and an inability to clearly see where you're headed. But it doesn't have to be this way at all if you understand how to take the next step in your life. Tune in to Living the Miracle with your hosts, Michael and Raphael Tamora. We'll help you to find the deeper meaning that awaits you in your life, have certainty in yourself, and learn to be clairvoyant. Listen Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to A Voice of Reason. To reach the show today, call into 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd prefer to connect via email, our address is info at avoiceofreasonbook.com. Now back to this week's show. Well, here we are back again, and I am interviewing the Determinator, Kathy Horton. Kathy, you have continued. You have continued to just amaze me um, with Thanks. your determination and your story of success. You were very successful in all of your careers. Of course, success can be measured in many different ways. Please share with us what you deem as some secrets of success. Yeah, I think I want to start off there with something that you were alluding to right within the question, and that is that I want to remind everyone that we get to define success for our lives. Now, I know that financial status and promotions that come with nice titles are widely used as the definition of success. But just as I have veered off in another direction, it is important to acknowledge your individual calling. And just doing that is a definition of success in my book. Keep that in mind. Now, for me, I was, I I believe my good fortune really started with my joy to present and teach. I think that those were keys to my promotions. You know, initially, I never desired to be in management, 
but I really enjoyed it once I got there. My first goal as a manager was not to do any of the things that I found limiting from my previous bosses. For example, I had a boss that was just a great guy, but he could not stand it if any of the staff left the office before 5 p.m. My office happened to look out on the main parking lot, and if he had off-site meetings in the afternoon, I would see him drive back to our lot just to see whose car was still there. (laughs) Well, the rebel in me had to act. (laughs) So I would move my car or leave early just to make a statement. Heck, we were all working well over 40 hours. And of course, in addition to that, we had travel requirements. This experience created a big priority for me to value quality work and to be open to a new perspective on how people would accomplish the task at hand. It didn't have to be my way. Another example is that I had a boss booking flights for me as he wanted the points on his credit card. Furthermore, he had a component of team profitability as part of his bonus. He booked me on later flights than needed a couple of Fridays in a row. Now, I'm all for making wise financial decisions, but with these options, I just offered to pay the difference out of my pocket for a more convenient schedule. So I knew as a manager that I would always ask for high quality work and effort, but I I would always let the team know their value in the process. I vowed to honor and respect their time the best I could because traveling and being away from family puts many demands on the people choosing to do this type of work. Now, I also wanted to honor individual creativity whenever possible so folks could see their value within the team. I vowed to always be honest and share all the information that I could. The term you hear these days is transparency. I was fortunate to do some work in mergers and acquisitions, which means early in the process, everything is highly confidential. If a team member asked about confidential information, I would ask them to be patient and I would let them know that I was unable to comment now, but I would also make sure they knew that I would share all the information as soon as I could. Mm -hmm. My attitude was that I worked for the individuals that I hired and I did my best to honor them respect them, and let them know that they were valued employees. Isn't that an amazing statement that you, as the manager, considered yourself working for them? wonder what that would look like if our country, from leadership on down, considered that same thing. (coughs) Sorry. (laughs) Just had to say it. Well, what I heard from you is that it is so important to follow good work ethics and principles. And part of good worth ethics as a leader is to let others know how much they're valued, to honor and respect them. I also heard that you cared so much for their families and their connection and their relationships. Exactly. 
And I heard that you wanted to help the family and support the family in any way you could because I think you figured out that that would increase productivity and happiness (laughs) among your team, right? Exactly. So I think that you hit on some amazing qualities that made you, from what I've heard from some of your team members, the most amazing manager they've ever had. Your success also came as a result of honoring creativity and supporting others. And the other thing that I heard that you let everyone and everything be your teacher. You learned from the things not to do as well as the things that you were taught to do. And you also added a little bit of spunk in there and a little (laughs) rebel in there. That's Um, true. It never goes away. And it doesn't hurt, I'll tell you. Well, I certainly am a recipient of your talents and your gifts in that area, your support, and um, always considering for me what is best for me and my family. So, Kathy, I want to tell you that I believe that you are one of the most positive, supportive cheerleaders that anyone could ever have. Wow, thanks. You are the best team leader. We experienced it here at Spirit Space. I experienced it through our workshops that you are one of the best team leaders because you are so considerate of others. And so I also heard that your success is also based on honesty and transparency. You're going to hear a little bit more about that later in the show. But you do follow the golden rule in a nutshell. Value, honor, and respect others as you wish to be valued, honored, and respected yourself. And, of course, work hard. Kathy is a workhorse, and anyone who works with her or for her also needs to be up for the task at hand. I can say after working with Kathy for over five years, she lives her principles. Mm, Thanks. So you have now moved from your very successful and lucrative career um, that you talked about, and you have now entered into the world of nonprofit. (laughs) Can you tell us a little bit about that? Um, Sure. So I started down the spiritual path. I was exploring and learning more about my own spirituality. In the beginning, I just planned to take six to 12 months off from all the travel. From there, the time flew, and I found myself connecting more and more to my true self. This includes my meditation practice and my time in the garden nurturing plants. It also included being able to have a cat and a dog and to be home to care for them. Mm -hmm. Well, I believe my gift is to help others understand how important and valuable the work they do is and how many can benefit from it. I am still doing my best to share this gift as I am able. I just do it in a different environment. Um, I feel it's really important that I do meaningful work where I can show up in my integrities and that the work I do keeps me within my principles. For me, this is just showing up being the best version of myself on a daily basis. And you certainly do that. So let me tell you a little bit about Kathy's schedule. She is the CEO of A Voice of Reason. She has to manage me, which is no easy task. She is the board president of our church, which we founded, Spirit Space. 
And in that, she volunteers in so many ways, in any way she can, from cleaning and running the vacuum cleaner to the sound um, equipment, anything that anyone asks her to do. She has a selfless service and a volunteerism that we support so much in our principles and, and at Spirit Space. So now, one of your most amazing gifts is team leadership. We all can testify to that. And supporting people to show up big. Hmm. And I know that principles are very important to you. Living a principled life has been one of the trademarks to your success, for sure. And we'll speak a little bit more about that in a few moments. But would you please tell us about your You Rock system? Well, um, let me start off with just sharing some of my philosophy of team leadership. And first, I also want to say thanks. That is truly a wonderful comment. I found that I, you know, if I consistently showed that I cared and that I wanted what was best for each person on the team, that this created trust and it went a long way. If someone made a mistake, I always tried to step up and take joint ownership, but I made it clear we were not going to make that same mistake again. Now, whether it be that I did not explain my expectations well enough or I gave an individual a bit too much rope, I'm not real sure, but I found that for the most part with this approach, people would respond positively when I had demanding requests. Now, a couple examples that I'll, I will share is one, that once in a while, we would have emergency requests at the very last minute. I received more than a few calls on Saturday with requests that somebody be on site to address one of these emergencies on Monday to put out a fire. I would take some of these meetings myself when my schedule and skill set met the requirements. Now, although people were disappointed to have to schedule Sunday or early Monday travel at the very last minute, the team was supportive overall when I asked. I see it like a banking system. If you have enough credits with an individual because you're willing to give, they don't mind if you ask for that occasional take. You know, another example that I have is that I had this high-level meeting in Europe that I needed to staff from the U.S. The meeting date actually fell on a U.S. holiday. Um, There were not a lot of options on who could cover the meeting because of the newness of the software and the specific product area. The meeting location was in Italy. I was able to strike a deal in which I sent my top pick for the presentation and his spouse. He was able to spend the holiday with his wife, and they were able to spend a bit of free time in Italy. Just Hmm. a give and take. That is, again, an example of how you support family and family support systems. And that is another secret of your success in team leadership. Now, I want you to talk about You Rock system. Oh, okay. Yep, my You Rock Award system. So I believe that you can never tell somebody how great they are too much. 
The only thing is that they must show that that they must know that when I use those words, that they really believe the compliment that I'm giving them. You know, one of the things I learned early in management is to be very clear on the expectations that I had for a position. And and if someone I hired wasn't able to perform at the level required, I'd move them off the team. I always did my best to be clear on letting them know that they weren't performing to the level I expected. With this, they would have time to either adjust and step up or that have time to find another position. Um, With this approach, I found that it makes it clear to the whole team that slacking is just not an option. It helps everyone everyone understand that there are expectations and a uh, level of quality that must be applied to the job. Once this is in place, telling folks that they went above expectations or that they hit it out of the park, it's a good way to let them know that I recognized a job well done. Mm-hmm. So one of the slogans I've been known for is telling people, you rock. This led to my quarterly and annual You Rock Awards. So we could show and share great examples of contributions to the group. I always want to share examples of people going beyond and that it is appreciating, letting them know it's appreciated and it's rewarded. I believe this inspires others to act the same way. It creates more of a great thing. It certainly does. Um, I have two comments on that. Um, Kathy, I know when you talked about you gave everyone an opportunity to show up big, and if they weren't able to do that, you had to let them go. But I want to tell a story um, about that. A while back, one of the people that Kathy had to let go contacted her and said she was one of the best managers we ever had and would she recommend write a letter of recommendation for him because he learned so much. Now, this is someone talking to the person that let him go. And so I think that that shows you her grace and gentleness in her approach, even in the tough places where you have to let people go. And I just want to comment on that because I absolutely um, did uh, recommend him. Yes. And before doing so, making sure that the skill set match was in alignment with his skills. So then it's just finding the right job for him. And I was able to step in and help out. And it was an honor. Everybody needs a Kathy in their life. (laughs) Now I want to talk about the you rock thing. Because there is hardly a day that goes by that I am the recipient of a You Rock Award or that I don't, that I hear her telling someone else, they rock. I mean, how blessed are we, those of us who know Kathy? And literally, she gives rocks. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's that financial concern. I can do it uh, pretty efficiently. (laughs) You can. I have a rock garden. (laughs) Now, what are some of your latest and newest endeavors? Because you, the moment your feet hit the floor in the morning, (laughs) I never know what creative adventure you are going to go on and want to take me with. 
And you right, have, you're here on a radio show. <laughs> I know. It's one of those creative adventures. So I happen to know that you have some new latest adventures and endeavors in mind because you are the determinator and you are always up for a new adventure. <laughs> so my latest in- endeavor <laughs> has been the creation of a small boutique hotel. It's called Pangea Lodge. It's located in Costa Rica on the Caribbean side in a small town called Manzanillo. It's just north of the Panama border. It's just steps away from a national wildlife refuge, the rainforest, and the ocean. The building process has taken a lot longer than I ever thought, but the rooms are finished. Um, They're fantastic. The pool is in, and it is truly beautiful. I see this as our destination for many future spiritual retreats. Another thing that we did in the creation of Pangea Lodge is that we made a commitment to give back to the local community. Our first endeavor on this topic is to sponsor two young women in their high school and university education. I am very proud of this approach that we are taking in the relationship. I'm very proud of the relationship that we have with the local community. Mm-hmm. Well, again, this is just another principle of success that we follow. Um, for me, it's the most important key for us to be a contribution to this planet and to give back, to not be takers, but givers in all ways. Now, um, this leads me to that. You spoke of a spiritual journey um, (laughs) that kind of shifted the direction of your career. Well, when I first met Kathy, I called her Fonzie because whenever it came to the word God, that's what happened. And now she has a friend who is all into the spiritual and a pastor. So thoughts of spiritual things and words now just roll off your tongue and you're so involved in the spiritual transformation process. Can you share with us how that transformation happened for somebody that could not say God? Sure, I'd love to share. So I'll own up that I just had a reservation about speaking about God and religion. I believe I was still respectful of both, but I avoided speaking about it. I believe that understanding the difference between spirituality and religion and knowing that I can pursue both without guilt, shame, or blame truly made the difference for me. I found the education and support for my path at Spirit Space. I found a path where I can live within my integrities and I can live my principles, and this has been very important. I learned that the definition of sin comes from an archery term of missing the mark. Instead of guilt, shame, and blame, I choose to remain teachable, learning my lessons and getting closer to the bullseye than I am aiming for. The principles I apply are to treat others as I want to be treated, that I will reap what I sow, I am responsible for my life, two wrongs don't make a right, 
forgiveness is not an option. And forgiving for our own well-being, it's not about someone or something else. A grateful, generous spirit guarantees greatness. Just try to feel sorry for yourself when you're expressing gratitude. I don't think it works. What I think determines my destiny and peace comes from God because it's within me. Without dogma and, the, and then having the ability to be curious and to be able to ask questions, I am very comfortable with God, spirituality, and religion. I'm going to keep and embrace the good that speaks to me. Hmm. Well, the principles that you're speaking of can be found in our book, A Voice of Reason. It is also what we teach at Spirit Space. No judgment, all inclusiveness, and the opportunity not to check your brains out because at the door when you enter a church or an institution, but to stay open um, and just see what spirit has for you. It's also what I teach in our workshops. And if you're curious about living with this kind of a foundation, creating a life that is based on these kinds of principles that Kathy and I both and many others can agree create success. Success in your life, both in relationships and career and certainly on the spiritual journey. Please consider contacting us for more information. Kathy is also available for consultation for management career coaching. So if you want to be the kind of team leader that Kathy is, and she is the best coach, you might want to contact her. So I look forward to sharing the last part of this show with you, Kathy. Let's take a break. your better business achieve that goal make good on that resolution the voice america empowerment channel it's your world motivate change succeed many of us define our lives by what has already happened it's a past tense series of events do you long for something else you don't have to live solely in this reality tune in for to win within with host strom thomason Strom and his guests are here to introduce you to your true self. It's time to emerge from your box and take a beautiful journey of self-love and discovery. You'll find yourself exactly where you need to be. To Win Within airs live every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. Broaden your mind. Open your heart for a greater understanding of how to express your pure and authentic nature. Tune in and turn on 1111 Talk Radio. Simron, author, publisher, and life mentor, broadens minds and opens hearts to a greater understanding of life, consciousness, and humanity. 1111 Talk Radio is every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. 1111 Talk Radio. You are not on a journey. You are the journey. You are experience experiencing itself. 
It's time to live the life of inner peace that you deserve. Tune in every week for Sacred Exploration with host Lisa Tremont Oda. You can discover the you that has been kept hidden all this time. Show off your personal gifts to the world. Lisa and her guests will combine health and spirituality to bring you the experience that you've been waiting for. You'll enjoy this journey every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's sure to be a nourishing experience. Build a better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. You are listening to a Voice of Reason. To reach the show today, call into 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd prefer to connect via email, our address is info at avoiceofreasonbook.com. Now back to this week's show. Well, here we are back for the last section of this show. So let's um, shift our focus just a little bit. Um, I happen to know that much of your life has been focused on the athletic endeavorments that you have done, involved in. You went to college, you um, on a tennis scholarship, um, you involved in cycling and triathlons and very tough workouts. They were all a part, integral part of your world. Please share a bit about this aspect of your life and what made it good for you and what made it not so good. Well, I first start off just owning that I'm very grateful for my athletic abilities. Um, They helped me to accomplish so much. So I was very, very committed to my fitness for my tennis career. So I ran to stay in shape and I actually ran quite a bit with my oldest brother, Michael. And that led to running quite a few road races. Um, I had started doing some cycling, and that just led to trying to see if I could finish a triathlon. My brother Jeff and I competed in our first triathlon together. I loved it, and I competed for about eight or nine years. I finally decided to give this up because the training regimen with my travel got to be a bit too much. Then I moved on to riding my bicycle and some very challenging bike rides such as Mount Mitchell, Grandfather Mountain, Pedal the Peaks, Tour of the Tour of Colorado and the likes. You know, it seemed I always needed a new challenge, <laughs> and it was amazing what my body could do when I took on these goals. I'm grateful for the energy level I was gifted with and for my athletic ability. But in the end, I really did some damage to my knees with the amount of exercise I chose to engage in. I always try to come at things with a bit more of a balanced approach now. So thank you very much, Kathy, for sharing just a small piece of your personal journey. You are a shining example of what determination, principles, and a decided heart looks like in action. I am truly honored to have you in my life. I am blessed. Now I hope you all can understand why I call Kathy Horton the Determinator. 
when she sets her mind to something, she believes in it and she goes all out with her whole heart. Everyone needs a Kathy in her <laughs> life. So, Kathy, as we start to close out the show, is there anything else you would like to share? Well, with all the news out there regarding misogyny, sexual harassment, and abuse, I want to share a few thoughts. Now, my tennis coach and my eighth grade teacher started having sex with me when I was just 12 years old, and this relationship lasted all through high school. And he was also physically abusive as he was very jealous. This has greatly impacted my life and especially my personal relationships. I share this information not for sympathy and not to be a victim. It is to help our overall awareness to these situations so that we can all do our part to make it better going forward. I have not found a lot of support in people wanting to hear this piece of my history. It's almost as if this information creates an uncomfortableness. But with that said, I'll remind everyone that not being able to talk about these things brings a sense of shame and or blame. I carried that for so many years as I thought I loved this guy, so I blamed myself. Giving this belief up and being able to express what has happened is such a healthier approach. If you happen to hear a story similar to mine, please remind the speaker first and foremost that it wasn't their fault and that you're sorry that this happened to them. This is about creating paths for healing and preventing this from happening to others. It's not about attention and it's not about others feeling sorry for us. Let's all learn our lessons and do better for the next generation. Lastly, I know I have a lot more to learn, but I'm committed to it. I am committed to learning my lessons, bringing my best each day, showing up a bit better each and every day, and living each day by my principles. Thank you so much for sharing this piece of your life. I know you've had to do a lot of work um, and a lot of healing. And I admire your courage every day. Yet at this moment, my admiration has turned to awe. Thank you, Sherry. Um, We have a generation of women now that are speaking up and standing up, and we are leaders. And we don't want to see this ever happen to any of our children again. Just as we don't want to see our children murdered in schools, we have to stand up, we have to speak up, Mm -hmm. we have to vote and vote out legislatures, leaders, and senators that are supported by the NRA. And I'm sorry if this is political, but that's where my heart is right now. Finally, I want to say that we have made a decision that this will be our last broadcast of A Voice of Reason on Voice America. We are so very grateful for the opportunity to have shared our journey with you over these 13 weeks. I send prayers to all of you for a bright future, for a hope and a better world. I encourage you all to be the best version of the highest vision you have for yourself. Remember, you are here on purpose, for purpose, and it's a mighty one. Please seek support. Please don't try to do these things alone. God bless us, America, and the world. Thank you. 
So, yes, this is our farewell episode. This has been a great journey, and I have so enjoyed the process. I took on this channel challenge because I saw it as an opportunity to expand our audience and to share our content. I'm always looking for new ways to share the information that has helped change change and shape my life in such a positive way. My goal is to offer this type of information to as many people as possible who are willing to receive it. And this seemed to be a great mechanism to do just that. You know, for the amount of work to prepare for and to promote the show, I was hoping to find a path towards some financial success to fund our radio show, but that has not happened. I'm not good at asking for sponsorship and marketing support, and and I just have to do a shout out here, even when there's a team here at Voice America to help me with all this um, this part of the business. It's just not my strength. I'll continue to spread our message and I'll offer support for others as I'm able. My vision was that our show would be a great success and maybe it is just that. I just envisioned it a bit differently. (laughs) So I have very much enjoyed this challenge and I have no regrets about taking it on. I've very much appreciated the opportunity to be an internet talk radio host and to work with you, Sherry, in another meaningful endeavor. Thanks so much for your effort, and thank you, Voice America, for all the support I received throughout this journey. I also want to add a big thanks for the technical sound support. Yes. Hey, you guys all helped me tremendously as I got best. comfortable with this role. Guys you guys rock. You get a rock. <laughs> it's truly a team effort. Um, so, Sherry, you just have about a minute. Is there anything else you'd like to add? I'd like to remind you again, if you want our support in any way, please contact us. On info, info at a voice of reason book.com, and we will be there for you. And thank you so much for the support that we've received, particularly from our spirits based family. So, as we close, we thank you very much for tuning in. This endeavor has been challenging, but it's been such a pleasure. I'll remind you that Sherry is accepting new coaching clients. She has had an amazing positive impact on my life. If you're interested, please take us up on our free 15-minute call offer. Please send an email to that email address just mentioned, info at a voiceofreasonbook.com for further inquiry. We wish you all a wonderful week. Thanks so much. Thank you for tuning in this week to A Voice of Reason. Please join your host, Kathy Horton and Sherry Petro-Serdell for another edition next Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until then, have a terrific week.